Welcome, everybody, to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today, my conversation is taking a different look at food and nutrition with a great interview with my friend, Chef Andrew Kintai, who shares his journey and some very useful tips and tricks in the kitchen. Today's episode is sponsored by Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn, where my guest and I get to snack smart and snack happy with Jolly Time Popcorn. To learn more information about this perfect snack, visit jollytime.com. I hope you go check out my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, that is available on my website at annelizabethrd.com. And it's also available as an ebook on Amazon and on iTunes. As registered dietitians, we love food and know exactly how food functions in our bodies. Many of us incorporate cooking and recipes into our profession. Enter Chef Andrew. As a registered dietitian, I value the expertise the professionals who work with food have, which is knowing more about the science behind cooking. Chef Andrew is someone I have gotten to know over the past couple years, and I value him so much and his education because he knows more about cooking than I do. Chef Andrew shares his journey and a few tips and tricks for the dietitian who loves to cook. Please enjoy my conversation with Chef Andrew. about, you know, your chef and you and I know each other through our current roles with yes. our jobs, but how did you kind of get interested in being a chef and food and all that exciting stuff? Well, uh, it's kind of cliche, but I guess ever since I was, you know, a little kid, uh, I would always go to my great grandma, my great grandma and my grandma lived together. And, um, just cause my great grandma wasn't in the best of health, but, uh, she still could cook and things like that. And I would go there and that's when I first started to cook. I'll always remember, um, she always made these really cool angel food cakes for our birthdays. Oh. Yeah. So they had, I mean. Like from scratch? Yeah. From scratch. Oh my gosh. Back in the eighties you could buy those like sheets of sugar decorations for cakes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she would frost it and then put all these ornate decorations on there and. They're pretty, pretty cool cakes. Do you have pictures of them? We do. You, know? you do? Yeah, and so she'd make memories. like the different, you know, the trains. So it'd be like a cake and then another cake and stuff like that. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, but that was the first thing that I made with her was homemade angel food cake. Do you still know? Do you still remember how to make it? Yeah. And she'd have, you know, the old uh, glass Coke bottles. Yes. She would flip it up on that to let it dry. Yeah. And cool. Because a lot of the pans will have little feet on them that you flip them over, mm-hmm. but we would kind of balance them on the Coke bottles. My grandma did that same thing. Really? Yes. That's funny. I remember we had Coke bottles. We always thought they were wine. We thought they were because they were so fancy. Sure, yeah, But yeah. yeah, she always was, angel food cake must have been a thing Yeah. back then. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it was pretty cheap to make. It's, sure. I mean, eggs were probably, I don't know, 50 cents a dozen maybe. <laughs> so, and some sugar and... Do you yeah. still have angel food cake for your birthdays now? I don't. No. Um, I should. That would be fun. It you should would. bring that back even with your son. You yeah, can bring no that doubt. back he with would, your son. He likes anything sweet, so that would be a good <laughs> idea. 
No, he loves to cook too. So I mean, he's always staying in the kitchen with me. But that'd be a good fun. Yeah, it could be a fun thing that you two. So yeah, you so. were grand. So both of your grandmas would they? Yeah, more so my great grandma. Your great grandma like did a lot of the cooking. My other grandma would cook. Um, <laughs> it wasn't always the best, but you know, it's it, it's from the heart. So sure. yeah, I mean, she would give my mom like chili and things like that, and sometimes we call them chili starter. <laughs> Because then we'd add a few <laughs> You'd more add things, some things to, to them. it. Yeah. <laughs> so you know they they made best with what they had and um, didn't have a ton of money to you know feed all the people. So but nothing fancy. But it no. all was made with love and yeah, and absolutely. you obviously have a great you know memory of that. Yeah. It's and very did, cool. Did you cook with them too? Then as you got older and kind of when you went to visit. Yeah, I did. They lived. Uh, some from small town northwest Iowa. They lived about ten blocks south of where I grew up. So I would just ride my bike you down just there. And, yeah, <laughs> so convenient. Just hang out. Absolutely. They had a big garden in the back of their uh, house: potatoes and um, green beans and tomatoes, onions um, that they'd always plant, and then we'd obviously go get. And she'd just give it to my parents and anyone else that wants to. But that's really where it started. My mom cooks cooked and cooks now also uh but she worked you know a lot of long hours and um so i'd say it really started with my great grandma that's odd that's a good memory yeah absolutely and so after you kind of had that that good memory Mm -hmm. when you were starting to figure out what you wanted to be when you grew up yes (laughs) tell me about that officer first was a police officer and then i want to be a firefighter (laughs) Because my dad did that. Oh, he did? Yeah. He volunteered, you know, fire... F- oh, sure. Fire fought. That's fire not fought. a word. Yeah, yeah he well, was a volunteer a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd always be down at the fire station, like, playing, hanging out. But um, when I went to high school, they had a foods class and then culinary arts one, two, and three. So that's kind of... That's a lot of food classes for a high school. It is, yeah. We were really lucky. Um, it was our home ec teacher uh just was really good with food like she did a lot of caterings and things like that so I don't think it was normal for that to happen uh in high school but I took foods class my freshman year and then I obviously just went one two and three sophomore junior and senior year and uh I'll never forget I would sit down with the guidance counselor you know and you're looking over your career path and what you I'm like I want to be a chef and they're like what <laughs> Like, that's not a job, you know? Like, what are you doing? So um, I just stuck with it. And that's, we did a lot of caterings in high school. And I worked for a small catering place in town, too. Oh, you did? Yeah. So what, like caterings for weddings? and like, Yeah, events? weddings. And then they had Sunday brunch. Uh, so it was just a big, it was a building downtown. And they had an event space to do, like you said, weddings and different meetings and things. So we do that, and then every Sunday we had brunch, um, you know, your traditional breakfast stuff. And I always worked at the omelet station, made Did omelets you? to order. Yeah, I, I was not very good at it. <laughs> like people are coming up and you're ordering and you're scratching down like their order and as trying fast to as you can. Yeah, yeah, and you you don't know these people, so you're like black shirt, <laughs> glasses. <laughs> you're auctioning off omelets later. Like, like I think this is yours. Here yeah, you go. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And the lady that owned it owned, uh, or she ran the country club at a golf course about 20 miles away. So I worked over there in the summer and that was short order line cook. 
type food and mm-hmm. also weddings. But that's where I really... You did a worked. lot of cooking when you were like in yeah, high school then. Yeah, 16. Yeah. So as long as I could drive over there and got my first speeding ticket. Did you? <laughs> and my only, knock on wood. You're, were you late for, for No, work? I was actually going home. <laughs> you couldn't wait to get home? Yeah, I was exhausted. I don't know. <laughs> where Where is home for you? Cherokee, Iowa. Okay, yeah. okay. So you were, you were kind of traveling all over the place. Yeah, then. the country club was in Storm Lake. So okay. it's about 30, well, 30 minutes. I mean, when you're driving the speed limit in my Chevy <laughs> <Not> Corsica. <laughs> <laughs> Chef, of course. Okay. Now you're dating yourself. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, as long as you had transportation, that's all that matters. Exactly. I was lucky enough to have lives. a car. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so you did a lot of extra work outside of school, and you were doing it in school and high school. So mm-hmm. where did you? So when your guidance counselor wasn't very helpful, right? How did you? How did you figure out the next steps for you after high school? Well, I had. Um, my mom worked at the Mental Health Institute in Cherokee. She was a social worker there. And one of the doctors that she worked with um, was really into food. And he uh, he and his wife, he's from India, and then she mm. is Italian. And they met up, obviously, and got married. And But both loves of food, I mean, insane loves of food, met and... Um, my mom got me hooked up with them to just go up there and to their house and cook and learn some different Italian food and Indian food, you know, really traditional type stuff. And they knew that I wanted to go to culinary school. So uh, his wife just started sending out, you know, my name to different schools and got me tons of information. I'll never forget. We had to get a like an expanding folder. folder. Yeah, because I just had school after school after school with information. So I'm very grateful for that because I didn't know where to start and I obviously wasn't getting a lot of support <laughs> from, from school. Yeah. Um, so I just started whittling through the different documents and seeing what was there. And originally I wanted to go to Portland. Uh, mind you, I'd never left small town Iowa. <laughs> you know, I'm 18, very shy. Uh, yeah. So I had decided I was going to go to Portland and when it was getting closer and closer, um, I realized I couldn't do it. I couldn't go that far away. Definitely a mama's boy. Like, <laughs> I, You're like, I'm not going. No. Can't do it. Mm-mm. I'm the youngest of, I have four older sisters. I have two stepsisters and then two oh, wow. biological sisters. So you are so. a mama's boy. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, there was a school in Minneapolis, the Art Institute. Uh, the Art Institute's International Minnesota is what it's called. They had sent me a letter about a Teen Chef scholarship competition that they were hosting. And basically what it was, you could um, apply for the scholarship for a full ride to school. And I thought, well, I mean, it was it's a private school. It's expensive. You know, I have no concept really of money at that point. Like mm-hmm. when we're talking thousands, I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents were just fully supportive, you know, go for your dream type thing. So... I put in for the scholarship, and then what it was, you had to, there was a couple stages of it. You had to write a menu and give cost analysis and uh, the recipes and submit photos wow. and all that. Yeah. And That's I, intense. It was. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it, it was nothing that I had to do in school. Sure. <clears throat> and 
So I, I'm trying to think what I made. Oh, I know I, it was some type of Indian-style chicken, and I had you know, molded the rice in a cup and flipped it over. You Look know, I'm fancy. just, yeah, I'm trying to do everything I can, considering I had no training in that aspect. And I had broccoli, um, some type of salad. But I had borrowed fancy china from uh, the doctor that I had cooked with earlier, and we had set up and t- taken pictures and printed them off, and we had to send all that off. So I heard back that I had got through the first stage. So the second stage, and final, I guess, um, was you had to go up to the school and make a meal in front of the chefs in the culinary school kitchen and be judged on it. And I was like... Holy moly. I can't do it. Like, <laughs> nah, I don't think so. You know, I, it was just beyond... I, I had no resources, I guess, in that town to, you know, maybe tap out to an actual chef or a trained chef. We just didn't have that. So um, I'll never forget the menu was crab cakes with remoulade, uh, a classic Caesar salad, and then a beef filet. And like the Caesar salad had raw egg yolk because mm-hmm. that's how it's traditionally made. You know, I'm like, this. So there's a typo. Something's wrong here. <laughs> like, I don't. What is going on? What's you know? Yeah. So, and anchovies, uh, lemon juice, olive oil, you know, salt and pepper. I mean, very classic. The crab cakes had, like, the sauce had capers in them. Like, what the hell are capers? Yeah, you were like, I don't know these ingredients. No. Yeah, this is all foreign to me. So I did a lot of studying and um, made the food over and over and over. And my mom would have some friends over and try it, or she'd have little dinner parties because she'd always <laughs> like to have me cook for them which was fun you know i yeah. love doing it serving it i mean we have pictures of me doing all sorts of oh my gosh i would love like, to see those dinner parties and stuff like that so uh just tried it test it test it not really knowing you know like what's classic caesar dressing supposed to taste like because you probably had never had it before. no i've had craft mm-hmm. and at that point my palate was like give me ranch you were <laughs> yeah you were a teenager right and crab uh, crab cakes? Not re- no. You know, we didn't have seafood up in Cherokee, Iowa. No. You know, it's like fish sticks. And I wouldn't eat those either. I mean, it just wasn't. Yeah. So I went up to the school. We did the competition. I mean, you had to add knife skills, you know, brunoise, your vegetables, which are tiny little, like, quarter inch by quarter inch by quarter inch cubes, and large dice and julienne and all these things. And they were getting out their rulers. and Really? How long yeah. did you have to prepare for this? So I would say probably two months. I mean, it felt like an eternity. Sure, because you kept making the same meal over and over practicing and everything. Over, yeah, um, but probably two months. So we get up there, and, you know, I don't have a knife set at that point. Like, so I'm bringing my knives that I just have at home. And um, we go through the whole thing. I would, Whenever I get nervous... I get beet red, like a like a tomato. I mean, my cheeks, you know, are usually rosy, but uh, I just remember I was so nervous, sick to my stomach, sweating. <laughs> just <laughs> like, everything oh that could gosh, possibly yeah. be happening. Yeah. Uh, but we did it, and I won. Oh, my God. How many other people were you there with? So it was just down to two. There was just two of us. Just, oh, my yeah, gosh. So, you know, it wasn't like I beat out 30 people. No, but I mean, they you probably beat out a lot of people in the first stage. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I, I'm sure they told us back then, but that was you many moons ago. <laughs> yeah. You won. Yeah, so I won that um, portion of it. So 
I got at some, that point I got some money, and but to get the full scholarship, you had to there was a final, and that was in Atlanta, Georgia. And basically what it was, they took all of the winners from the art institutes around the United States and put them together in one kitchen to figure out who they're going to award the final one scholarship for, for the country. Um, and this was right after 9-11, because uh, I graduated in 2002, and I, I was still in high school when I was doing this. Um, but the whole experience was... It was crazy. My parents went down with me. Uh, I remember the night before we were in the Doubletree Hotel, and they give you those <laughs> chocolate chip cookies or whatever in the <laughs> yes, canister, yes. and I was just like plowing them into my mouth. Because <laughs> you were so nervous. I was so nervous. I didn't sleep all night. Like uh, I would. My have stomach either. was upset. Like don't eat the cookies, you know. <laughs> don't eat. Don't eat any of them. But I ate all of them. Exactly. <laughs> and I went to the competition and bombed it awful how did you bomb it though Seriously. no it was just I was very nervous I cut myself I Aww. you know it was just like it was it was a great experience sure. now looking back you sure. know you learn so much from that when you look at your younger self um of course at the time I was really pissed off <laughs> and upset and sad yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but um you know happy for the opportunity happy I did it like, it really set, when I decided to go to school, because that's where I ended up going to school. Okay. Um, it really kind of gave me, I don't know if edge is the word, but I already had developed some sort of a relationship with the chefs there through the competition, and uh, I just felt like it really helped my whole education. That was probably the hardest part of getting to your education. I mean, think of how intense that was. Right. School probably seemed like a dream after that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was cool. You know, the whole town like was behind me. They oh, did a sure. news article and oh. all this. You know, so it's like you, you kind of felt show pressure. Me this stuff. Yeah. I need to see this. It's I'll never forget um, the news. You know, it was like Teen Chef is going. You know, that was big news. That for, is a big yeah, deal. So that was pretty. I mean, it was very cool. Yes, very honored to do it and lucky to have those opportunities to go there. And yeah. so when you, so I know that you think about how nervous you were. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you were so nervous because you love you? This is something you really wanted to do, and you didn't want to mess it up. Or absolutely, yes. Like you had to prove something. Yes. Um, it, it, to my high school, maybe even you know, mm -hmm. like I'm going to prove that this is a a career. This is a job. This is sure a life that you can make a living at because. It wasn't, uh, it just wasn't, not that it was frowned upon, but it just wasn't, you know. In a small town in Iowa, right. they You're don't not, really see yeah. a chef being like a really. Exactly. Because the opportunities aren't there in that small town either. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. That is really, so, so you got into the school, obviously. Did, yeah. And you did get some money for yeah, winning that portion absolutely. of it. And so talk to me about college, because as I don't know a lot about what is it like for going through school? Culinary school? Yeah. So at the time when I started, uh, so I graduated from high school in May of 2002. Um, I just decided that I wanted to go to school right away. So And they did, they go in quarters, so they're year-round. Oh. So I started in May. Um, right after school. <laughs> all right, June, I'm sorry. Okay, I was like, I graduated in May, started in June. Okay, Hello. I was like, geez. Yeah. But you started really quickly after yeah, school. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to get going and get out of there. 
uh, I, you know, so they, at the time they offered an associate's degree in culinary arts. So it took two years, just short of two years since it's going all the time. But, um, I, I got a studio apartment. So they set up, it's kind of a different type of school setting. It's right downtown Minneapolis on ninth and Hennepin, in between Hennepin and Nicollet. So there's not dorms right there. You know, it's not normal campus life. So they had apartments that were probably 20 minutes from the school, you know, student housing is what they called it. And my mom took me up there uh, with, a, you know, we packed up the truck with all my stuff and <laughs> my mom and my stepdad took me up there and get to my apartment and there's three other guys there and it's, we're all in one bedroom bunks. Oh my goodness. And she's like, not going to happen. Nope. We're leaving. <laughs> so... Yeah. Like, that's not embarrassing. <laughs> but in the end, I'm happy she stuck up for me. We went back to the school. She's like, I'm not, you know, there's no way. It's a pigsty. And there's, I mean, it's a bunch of guys. It's a bunch of boys it, yeah. in a small space. Exactly. <laughs> so she fought the system and found me a studio apartment still within school. It was literally like a 20 by 20 spot. They had a fake wall up. Uh with a little stove and a little refrigerator and then a bathroom. Huh. Um, so it was my, and the room wasn't ready to be used. Um, they said you can have it, but you're going to, I mean, you'll see it. It's going to have to be cleaned and all this kind of stuff. So we went in and it was, it was a sty. Uh, we cleaned all the walls, got all cleaned up. Cause you know, from a mom's standpoint, oh, she's, yeah. like, she's not, not going to leave drop you. my yeah. kid off. <laughs> you know, like, thank God. <laughs> So we cleaned the whole place up, got it done, you know, turned it into my own little apartment and started school. Um, I haven't got to the school part yet. <laughs> I, it was traumatic for me, like going to college. Being gone from yeah. home. I'll never, oh, I just won't forget the nights of sitting there wondering, what am I doing? Like, this is, I miss my parents. I miss my friends. I miss, you know, crying. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Seriously, crying. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I doing? I don't know anybody here. I don't have a car. I have, you know, feeling, like, hopeless and helpless. And I'm like, this is not going to work. Like, mm-hmm. you have to turn the switch here. You're an adult now. You got to figure this out, you know. So, went to school, um, tried to sign up for different things. Like, they had a Junior American Culinary Federation team. Mm, yeah. And they competed, kind of like what I did with the original scholarship. They competed and whatnot. So I uh, signed up for that, and I ended up being the captain for our little team. And we did some more competitions and stuff like that. So got to meet new people and really get out there. Because uh, how school, back to your original question, how like <laughs> the actual school works, you start off with uh, just your basics class, teaching you knife skills, your mother sauces, the five sauces and mm-hmm. stocks and soups and all that kind of stuff. And it moves into garmage and baking. What's garmage? So that's your, so salads, the art of cold style okay. food. So like terrines, pâtés, um, composed salads or lettuce salads, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, ice sculptures. <laughs> yeah, we do. Fancy. Yeah, I do a lot of those. <laughs> um so that's really what that is. Um, sausages and, you know, all those types of things. Uh, baking. We did a class on American Regional 
So obviously just the foods of the United States, current cuisine. So that was more of the trendy uh, things at the time. So lots of truffles and all that, oh. you know, because that was, what, 14 years ago? Yeah. Truffles were big. They were, yeah. Were they? Yeah. I guess I don't remember that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to think what other classes we had. Usually what you would do is, oh, and then, so those were practical classes, and then you'd have lectures. So safety and sanitation, nutrition oh. was a class. Uh, we had to get certified with ServeSafe, which is obviously just uh, cert- certification and providing safe food and knowing temperatures and all that kind of stuff. And then they also provided a certification in nutrition, um, which is obviously just skimming the barely top surface of that. Uh, what, what kind of things did they ones? teach you in nutrition class? You, know, you don't even, you're probably like, I, I didn't really remember, care about that. Right? It's <laughs> like, yeah. It was a lot of numbers and a lot of science. And we had um, a registered dietitian taught it. And I still kind of follow like where she's at now. And um, she's with some different colleges and does a lot up in Minnesota. So it's kind of huh, cool. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't get away from us. Right? We're everywhere. <laughs> So we did that, and then um, I graduated with my two-year degree, and just at the same time, they got approved to do a bachelor's degree in culinary management. So I stayed two more years and got that. Yeah. So that went into, like, art history and um, more management and financials and quantitative literacy and stuff like that. I would have never guessed that that's kind of stuff that you would have to take for... I guess for management, probably. Right. Sure. And that's, I was, you know, I'm thinking I'm never going to go back to school. At least at that point in my mind. Sure. And I'm like, <laughs> Most get of me us. out of there. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought I'd knock it all out. And so I've got my two years, my associates in culinary arts, and then my bachelor's in culinary management. So when you were doing your schooling part, what was the one thing that really stuck out? You did all these different classes and you did all mm-hmm. these different things. What was the one thing that you really loved doing? Like what was the class that you loved? I would say, so for the four-year degree, they took things and advanced them. You had to do advanced baking and pastries and an artisan bread class. Ooh. Yeah, those two were really cool. You liked And those. that's what I thought. I'm like, this is what I want to do, you know. Uh, very scientific i mean you can't you just can't throw it, in yeah. <laughs> a little flour you know it's like you weighing to things measure. out to the ounce and yeah it was using a part of my <laughs> brain that i was <laughs> never thought i would but and it does work it exists right <laughs> and plating and what i determined was i wasn't really into doing whole cakes and decorating those but doing like individual plated desserts mm-hmm. with different sauces and uh, you know, textures and height and colors and flavors and temperature. I mean, if you really think about what a pastry chef does, I mean, that's what it is. You've got all of those senses on one plate. So it's pretty cool. I've never thought of that before. Yeah. So I'll think differently when I right? eat these fancy desserts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> every, every little component is another recipe and another... Oh, my god. Which is why they can get... Like the price you get for a plated dessert, because it really is, it's art. Mm-hmm. You know, they put their heart and soul into that one plate. So, And that's interesting that you say that about art, because I really do, you know, feel like you do have to incorporate art and science and right. all these different aspects of your profession that 
people when they eat do not think about that at all. Absolutely. Yeah. And people when they maybe are cooking in their kitchen, they don't really think about that either. Yeah, it's all science. I mean, whether it's baking or even just, you know, traditional cooking, mm-hmm. everything is science. And that's the same like when you're plating a, a normal entree or a salad. You know, there's all those components that the chef or even the cook. I mean, you don't have to be a chef to cook great food. Mm-hmm. There's so many chefs that aren't classically trained that are better than chefs that are, you know, mm-hmm. that have gone to school. So... I just felt like I really needed that to kind of propel me and get me going. And um, I worked in some restaurants. Because that's the other thing. I feel like you need to have, if you're going to go to school, you definitely need the real life experience Experience. of working on a kitchen line, being in the weeds, what they say. Like when you've got tickets rolling in and you just hear the ticket tape printing, printing, printing. (laughs) They're just lining up, you know. You're like, uh. Like where do you start? So they say in the weeds because you're all trudging through the weeds. Like you just have so many tickets and you're, you'll, you'll get through it. But if you scream that out or yell it out, usually someone will come over and help you get your tickets. Oh, done. that's so. good. So do you feel like your high school, just being like that experience, I mean, it wasn't like any fantastically right. awesome mm-hmm. you know, kitchen, but do you feel like that gave you really good experience plus your schooling for then your future jobs that Definitely. you've had? yes. So, yeah, because in school and, and with the, ho- uh, the weddings that we do with the catering business, you know, it was high volume, lots of food. Uh, yeah, I would say it set me up for all different aspects of, of that. You probably, well, and I think probably um, your mom's friend, the doctor, and his yeah. wife, like just getting experience with different ways of techniques Absolutely. of cooking probably helped you with school, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to hate tomatoes, beans. Uh, garbanzo beans, tomatoes, salmon. Uh, <laughs> you know my love for salmon. Right. <laughs> yeah. I did not like any of those. You know, then when I was in school and I worked at a, one of the guys that I uh, went to school with was a chef at a little cafe across the river downtown Minneapolis. It was, about, it was called Bobino Cafe and Wine Bar. It was actually uh, an old funeral parlor. Really? Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, and they transformed it into a restaurant. Huh. Um, I mean, many, many years sure. before. Yeah. But he was the chef there, and he's like, you want a job? And I said, yeah, let me come and check it out. And, you know, they call that staging. I'll come stage. So oh. that's basically going to a kitchen, just working for free, seeing if you fit in. You seeing like if it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Uh, so I did that a couple nights and thought this might, you know, why not? I mean, I need to do something with my free time at night instead of sitting in my apartment. <laughs> Thinking about being home. Right. Uh, so he really took me under his wing and gave me the opportunity to do that tiny kitchen. I mean, the line itself was maybe 12 feet long. We had a garmage station, a saute station in the middle, and then a grill station on the end. No fryers. Um, if he wanted to do anything fried on the menu, we had a little pot of oil that we'd fry to order. Huh. You know, and it was, you know, it's good food, definitely, you know, using tweezers and tongs to make it <laughs> higher and higher and all those kinds of things. And then back just around, they had the pastries. And there was a pastry chef there at the time, too, so I kind of worked with her a little bit. And, oh, wow. You got yeah. a good variety there. Though. Yeah. So I was there... 
about a year. That's one thing with chefs is they move around all the time. You're always following where they're going next. And I was not, I even have a hard time saying, calling me a chef now, like at work now. I'm like, it, it's Andrew. You can just call me Andrew. You I call know? you Chef Andrew yeah. all the time. <laughs> I, which I appreciate, but there's definitely chefs that need to be called chefs. They gotcha. want to be called chefs. Gotcha. I feel like I'm not like that. But <laughs> I was for sure not a chef then, um, just to cook, you know, learning, learning as much as I could. Absorbing as much yeah. as you can. From... Working till midnight and then going to school at seven the next morning. Wow. But it's just what you did. Mm-hmm. It was the norm. So that was your first job during school outside mm-hmm. of what you did back mm-hmm. home. Yep. And then I, there was a couple other restaurants up there. Triggs, all-American restaurant. I worked there. Uh, both of those have since closed. A lot of restaurants, you know, they... Come and go. Yeah. They... It's hard to be... I mean, there's restaurants popping up everywhere, mm-hmm. especially in Minneapolis. You know, it's a huge, booming food town. Uh, so... Then I worked at Dakota Jazz Club, which is still there. It's down on Nicollet and, oh, maybe 6th. And that's when you were still in school? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked with a pastry chef there for a little bit because we had to do internships as well. Okay. Uh, So I So go out into the... To the field and uh, work. Yeah, work for free. Work for free. Do it, you know, through Just like school. dietitians put do. On your ten- yeah, yeah, put in your time and that's, you know, make those connections. I mean, at the time, you know, you're like, ugh, here I go again. But it pays off in the end. Like, you have to put in your time. It's, you ain't, you gain respect, you earn respect. I, the connections are important. I mean, it's just, Yeah. Yeah. As a chef. Gain and earn. Gain and Well, hopefully you're doing both. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and you'll, you never know when you're going to cross paths again with these people. I mean, they all come and go. They all, you know, you just never know. Well, especially if chefs are constantly moving and changing and advancing, you never know when you are going to see them or talk to them again. One of my best friends that I met in school, he was on the ACF team. He was originally from Jordan and he came over with his family to the United States and they opened up a grocery store in Minneapolis, and then um, he went to culinary school. Talk about defeating all odds. I mean, he just with his background and, you know, coming to the United States and making a lifestyle for him and his family, he uh, was always pushing the limit in culinary school. And I kind of, <laughs> I was with him and kind of like, oh gosh, here we go, you know? <laughs> But great guy. He opened up a restaurant in Minneapolis called Saffron. Uh, they went for 10 years, and he actually just closed it. Not because it wasn't doing good. It was doing amazing. Um, but they're ready to go on to something else. Something new. Mm-hmm. He had a a um, food truck that's so success, successful that now it's a brick-and-mortar restaurant. Wow. And then right next to that, he opened up an ice cream place insane ice creams like vegan style ice creams because he's lactose intolerant okay and normal ice cream uh black olive oil ice cream and black olive oil cones i mean wow insane stuff that sounds delicious yeah it's just amazing 
So he was nominated for James Beard Best Midwest Chef. He was on Iron Chef. I mean, he's just made a name for himself. And you went to school with him. Yeah. That's so I exciting. Like, I went to school with him. Yeah. yeah. Do you still talk to him? Yeah, we yeah. do. Um, not often, but, you sure. know, he's on social media all the time. and Check in with him yeah. once in a while. So very cool to watch his, his path. Because there's people that you meet in school, and some make it, and some don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with any career, you know, you're like, eh, this just really isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, TV was really focusing, you know, Food Network, sure. chefs, glamorizing, like, get get your own TV show, you know. And I think a lot of people went to culinary school. That was their goal. And just realizing, uh, this isn't for me. Yeah, maybe it's not as... Rainbows and lollipops <laughs> appears on TV, you know. Well, it's like you said, working in a kitchen. I mean, that's that isn't glamorous, right. and it it is a lot of hard work. And there's a lot of people that are above you Absolutely. that you're just there to learn from. And I think mm. a lot of people think that they're, they're just going to step into that same role, exactly. And yeah. that's different. Like wash dishes, <laughs> you'll gain again. You'll gain a ton of respect, and you'll be in the environment. And, yeah. Yeah. Dishwashers are one of the most important pieces of a kitchen. Do you think and all chefs think that? I, no. No. But you do. You yeah. believe that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's times where, you know, if you're getting through a rush or whatever, you just want to go wash dishes and help them out and, like, de-stress for a second. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they have a system. They know exactly what they're doing. They're meticulous, <laughs> you know. You might mess that up. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, so, yeah. so getting done with school. Yes. What was the first not school job that you right. had? First out of school job. I so with my um, bachelor's degree, I had to do an internship with more on the business side. Okay. So I uh, worked for Airmark. Oh. Yeah. Contract company. Contracted yes. food service. Mm-hmm. They had the I think they still do, but the United Healthcare account up in Minnesota. Okay. So the headquarters were based in Minnetonka and the chef there needed um I think w- my title was food production intern or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you had a title though. That's yeah, pretty snazzy. We made up some title. But <laughs> they were implementing a lot of new inventory systems and he really just needed someone to help him with computer stuff and, you know, the recipe, uh, like the development was done, but just getting all of these process, processes, is that a word? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. We'll call it a word. (laughs) In place. So that's what I did. And he, um, really cool guy, nice, nice chef. Um, he gave me a lot of opportunities to help out and it kind of expanded into when I was done with my internship into my first job and I was just his assistant. Um, so I'd help with caterings for the executives and continue with the inventory systems and help implement them in other, uh, areas in Minneapolis. And that lasted for about a year or so. Uh, I met my wife in school. You did? She went to school with you? Yes. I missed, I'm sorry. I cut that whole part (laughs) out. Sorry, Melissa. (laughs) Yeah. No, it wasn't art school. So there was interior design, graphic design. Um, culinary arts, web design, media animation, all that kind of stuff. She went to school for media arts and animation. And funny story, she was uh, my next, the student housing was co-ed. So 
when I was going to bed at nine o'clock at night when I first started, because I, you know, was very studious and like 4.0, <laughs> she was next door with her three roommates cackling all night, <laughs> keeping me, I'm like, who are these people? And I'd pound on the wall. I mean, we joke about it now. And she thought I was the weird kid that lived by myself. So, you know, yeah. And now you're married. Right. Uh, she eventually became the RA um, residential advisor sure. for student housing. And, um, we were, we were distant friends, I guess you'd say her mom got really sick in school and she had to leave for a while to go home and take care of her for about a year. And when she came back to school, she was looking for a roommate and I was as well at the time. So we were just roommates for a year. Seriously. Yeah. Outside of school, like yeah. student housing and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, then we started dating. <laughs> After we still roommates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were roommates and then started dating. Started dating. <laughs> yeah. And that was in, oh man, 2005. And then we got married in 2008. Okay. So. Wow. Yeah. See, another reason you were destined to go right? in that direction. Yeah. It's a good thing you didn't go home. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Oof, I'd probably still be there. <laughs> you probably would. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. Yeah. We like we like our hometowns. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely, it's nice to visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so you were working for a year, and then you were you married at the time? Then or uh, no, we were not married. Okay. We were um, engaged. She got a job as a graphic designer for Grand Casino, which was north of the cities. So at that point, you know, she was the one that got the first like real, real job, real benefits. Job. Exactly. So <laughs> we moved north of Minneapolis. And I looked around, and I was originally applying for a lot of uh, food service director positions for schools. Oh. Public schools. Really? Because Aramark had food service director positions. Yes. I'm like, well, that sounds interesting, you know, so that's what I'm going to put out. So I I tried and tried. Well, I had no experience. And it was kind of that, you know, phase where everyone goes through, like, someone's got to give you a chance to get the experience. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, it ended up not working out, and I worked for Taylor's Fall, Taylor Falls uh, Ski Resort in Taylor Falls, Minnesota. Huh. I was the assistant uh, food and beverage manager there. So they do, obviously, skiing and tubing in the winter, and then the summertime they've got uh, a little water park and then some um, river boats that they do cruises and dinner oh, cruises sure. and stuff like that. So did that, uh, and then... Just a lot of long hours and weddings till one in the morning. And, you know, at that point I was kind of, now that I had a relationship, I was like, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, those hours just aren't working. The life work balance wasn't yeah, there. And that's what those hours are for people that are in food service. So I had contacted Aramark again, and they actually had a food service director opening in Duluth, Minnesota. So I put in for that and I got it and it's a call center account. There's about 1200 employees there. There were at the time and there was six of us, six employees. And that's where I really, that was my first like, holy moly, don't <laughs> screw this up. You know, like, you've got benefits, you've got 401k, you have a lot of responsibility. So, um, I did, we didn't have a chef, so I wrote the menus, did inventory, payroll, uh, you know, all the cash and accounting, and then oversaw the other 
five or six employees that we had. And we had like a salad station and then a saute station. And basically, if you've never been to that type of setting, it's like a cafe. Okay. In a call center. Sure. And you can walk in and just order what you want and pay and usually subsidize or reduce prices. So so that's what I did. I did that for a couple of years. Got tons of experience on the management side, you know, P&Ls and seeing all of the inventory and how all that works. Do you Did you like the management side? I did. You know, at that point I was like, I'm okay, I think, with not cooking every day in my life. Mm-hmm. I kind of made the switch to uh, enjoying, you know, really taking the lead on projects and pushing through that. Not necessarily having people work for me. I'm all about team player and, you know. Working together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it makes it easier for everybody. So uh, that was really my first time with that type of experience. I really liked it. Uh, we, that's when we got married. So in 2008, we got married. And it just kind of got to the point where I was driving an hour and 15 minutes north to get to work one way. Oh, and she wow. was driving 45 minutes the opposite direction oh, and kind of east. So you guys weren't seeing each other a whole no. ton. You know, we were open 6 to 2, but since I had that role, I tried to get there at 5, and I was usually there until oh, 4 or 5. So you'd wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I had a little Volkswagen Jetta, and I'll, I mean, Minnesota winters. Yeah. I'd, like, plow the interstate. <laughs> a little blade. Put blades on the front yeah. of it. Yeah. So... <laughs> It just was getting to be a little stressful. Sure. Um, yeah. So you weren't, you you still liked the job. It was just, again, that life-work balance was not working out exactly. for you. Yeah. And since I had gotten a taste of the six to two, you know, kind of, I'm like, that's, I think, really what I want. And very thankful for that opportunity and everything I learned. But it's just getting longer and longer. I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe this isn't going to work. So... And my wife uh, was kind of at the top of where she could be at that point as well. So, um, so yeah. Then it led to me what I'm doing now. And you are? <laughs> right now, I am a retail chef in okay. a retail setting. Sure. Yeah. So, I at the time, my sister had worked uh, for the same company I do. And she had just mentioned that they were starting to throw around chefs, the word chef. You know, we need to get some chefs. So I had sent out an email to, just a blind email to uh, some bosses here in the Des Moines area. And uh, one of them wrote back to me at the store that I'm at now. And that's how it all started. Really? Yeah. So you actually really took the initiative yourself to kind of reach out for yes. your current position. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, you know, in, very intimidating. Like, I'm not sure... I know what they're looking for. I'm not sure that they know what they're looking for, you know. So I just had put my resume out there. We had a couple interviews, came down, a couple phone interviews, a couple in-person interviews. And, uh, you know, he even told me, he's like, you need to make this job work. Like, if this is what we're going to do, then we have to, I'll give you all the support you need, everything you need, uh, but you make it your job. So you kind of created your position, basically. Absolutely. And it 
it's a very empowering feeling. It's also like scary. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Absolutely, you know. But you're really good under pressure. Yes. Yeah. After I mean, all I the things learned, that you've done, right. you know, you really this was yeah. the perfect opportunity. For Give you. me a challenge, and we'll go. I always want to be challenged. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's one thing that's cool about culinary in the whole world is usually one day is not the same. It's always from different. the next or the one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's always something going on. Uh, so we decided to, you know, we didn't have any children or any tie. We were in an apartment up there, no ties. We thought, well, let's go for it. My wife had put in for a job down here and she also got hired. <clears throat> we both started, uh, June 7th, <laughs> the same, same day. day. That's crazy. Totally weird. Yeah. <laughs> we came down just like one weekend and we found a house and we bought, you know, our first house we bought from out of town, out of state. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what was going on. Um, we When we moved down, we still had to wait two weeks to close. So we moved in with my aunt and uncle oh, who yeah. live in Ankeny. Sure. Uh, in their basement. And um, <laughs> Thank God for work. family. I know, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and that was, it'll be seven years in June. Seven? I was going to ask how long you've been doing that. Mm -hmm. So how was it transitioning back from that kind of management role back into being a chef? into cooking yeah it was it was different you know at some point you're like thinking you're double or you're second guessing yourself like what have i forgot how to sear a scallop right <laughs> how to get a crust on it you know how to leave it in the pan and don't touch it and let it just get that nice crust on it before you flip it Ooh. <laughs> i mean you think about everything sure. you, you just second guess all that stuff uh, but what was nice when I started is I could get back into that and playing around with it. Cause that's how it all started off, you know, teaching people how to cook food at home, giving them recipes, giving them ideas, uh, you know, proper techniques, seasoning. So it kind of, I mean, it, it does naturally come back, come to, back you. to you, but mm -hmm. you also learn, I mean, you never know it all. You're so you're always, always learning, learning always as learning. a culinary expert, just, just different things about food Absolutely. constantly. And the trends, you know, staying up on trends. and Are trends a big thing? I mean, is it difficult to stay up on all the trends? It is. Yeah. Uh, it just depends on the area that you're in. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm sure, well, obviously it's very trendy in the dietetic world too, you know, with <laughs> yes. different products. and Foods and yeah. spices. and Absolutely. Mm -hmm. How you cook things. You know, things that have been around forever. Cauliflower. It's now, so huge now. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's all about cauliflower, fried rice, and pizza dough, and yeah. steaks, and cheese you know. sticks, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> buffalo cauliflower right. wings. Yeah, not wings. Right. I don't know why they say that. Cauliflower wings. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, some trends come and go. Some stay around. Some some need to go. Some mm -hmm. need to never happen. But it always it just depends on your. I could have my own trend of just sure, what I like. Not, yeah, you know? definitely. Maybe my trend is avocados. It could be. I don't know. Or like your five spice that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, Chinese five spice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a really cool spice. It's good <laughs> in ice cream. <laughs> no, I would have never. Yeah. Because you've got that. your fennel, your allspice, nutmeg, cinnamon. So it's it kind has? of savory baking spices all mixed together. Huh. Super good. I'm going to have to give it another whirl. I should have brought some. Should, well, if you ever make something with it, you'll yeah, have to share for it sure. with me. So, yeah. So now you, do you like the teaching part of it? Do you like helping consumers 
learn how to cook at home? And do you think that's a trend? More people are kind of going back to home cooking? I think when I first started, it was all about home cooking. Um, you know, especially with the presence of TV and Food mm-hmm. Network and all those recipes. Uh, and then it kind of shifted, I think, to people liking things prepared for them. You know, I mean, our lifestyles are so busy mm-hmm. and just the ease of that. Uh, but I think, yeah, I would say it's kind of going back to cooking again. Mm-hmm. You know, some people love to cook and then there's people that absolutely despise it, mm-hmm. you know. So trying to find where you can meet that person, wherever absolutely. they are yeah. on the cooking spectrum, mm-hmm. where they're at. And just them. connecting with them. I mean, even if I have no problem with, if there's a good product that's done or, you know, on the shelf, a sauce or this, I have no problem with mixing that into what I'm making. Because... Mm-hmm. I don't, even at home, you know, I cook all day and then I go home and I don't mind. I mean, it's so funny because I'm like, oh yeah, I just did this, this and this. And they're like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. To me, you know. It's not, it's nothing. It's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I, I cook at home now. My wife can cook, but she doesn't enjoy it. So yeah. you're, and that's a big thing, I think. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing just for people that don't force yourself if you don't enjoy it because mm-hmm. it doesn't work out. It doesn't no. taste very good. It, it's so true. <laughs> I mean, when everyone's like, oh, there's love in that recipe. I mean, there really is. Mm-hmm. You can tell if someone enjoyed making that or if it was awful. It was awful experience. For them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just look at their kitchen too, you know? Like, I, Love my wife to death, but there's, you know, like if I make something, I can just use a bowl and a spoon and she'll have like three bowls and a whisk. And I'm like, what are you stirring that with the tongs for? You know, <laughs> we laugh about it because it's just, yeah, not her forte. It's your thing, yeah. not hers. Mm-hmm. Which I'm happy to provide that for her and my son and, um, you know, make it so they don't have to worry about it. I think it's great that you still like to work in it all day and come home and still. Yeah. It doesn't feel like work when you're doing it, you know, just especially for your family, like make something quick. We do not eat fancy <laughs> at all. Uh, we're all about tacos and. Um, Realistic yeah. family meals. Yeah. 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 Like my wife's favorite dish is chicken piccata. Oh, that's kind um, of fancy. Yeah. And it has capers in it, right? Right. Yes. I know the capers came back to haunt <laughs> they me. Because now I like them. Yeah. You know, there's so many foods that, when your palate changes. I mean, even mm-hmm. if you're not into food and culinary, the older you get, you'll like something again Absolutely. or hate it. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm a fan of capers. She, <laughs> yeah. I really kind of dumbed down the recipe and made it so I can make it quick. Like, and but it's still delicious. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So really and lemony and fresh lemons. Yes. Yes. Fresh lemon. Your capers are super briny and salty. And um I'll usually just throw in some spinach, cherry tomatoes, and we'll have it with some green beans or something. That sounds really good. Yeah. So <laughs> it's traditionally served with pasta or uh mashed potatoes, but yeah. You guys going for a little healthier side. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, so when you, as a retail chef, are you always constantly doing different things? What are some different things that you do in that environment? Yeah, we've got, um, you know, making a lot of products to sell that are chef inspired. Uh, cause like we said, a lot of people, there still is that 
group of people that want to pick up something that they know is fresh. Uh, it's going to taste delicious, mm -hmm. homemade, absolutely. Especially if we can put the healthy spin on it and work with dietitians, dietitians like yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all it's all pieces to the puzzle. You know? We're kind of on the same team. For absolutely. sure. Yeah. Because uh, there are times where I'm like, you know, if I do this, this, and this, it's healthy. Hel so you're healthier. even you're even thinking yeah. that way. I'm like, because mm -hmm. I've just learned so much from you guys. Just the little things, you know, that you can tweak and change, and using uh, citrus and fresh herbs in place of salt, because mm -hmm. salt is a chef's friend. Mm -hmm. Salt and butter. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the more of it, the better. It's a little more salt. <laughs> yeah, because it really does enhance flavors. Mm -hmm. So if you find that way with the citrus. I mean, that's the same concept. The citrus and the herbs are really enhancing the flavors. And I think vinegar, chicken. too. Oh, like for sure. vinegars. Yes. Yeah. Love vinegar. Yeah. Yeah. It, with any fish, you know, it always, I've always been taught it needs an acid. So, like you said, vinegar. The citrus. Uh, the citrus. Mm. I make a, uh, like, jambalaya, and I always put, right, when it's done, I put a splash of red wine vinegar in it. For that extra. It just brings up, it flavors. elevates all the flavors. So. And you didn't have to dump a whole bunch of salt on top exactly. of it. Exactly. See? Yeah. So a I lot like of soups, that. you know, if you finish them with a little, little bit of vinegar, they really elevate it. That's a great tip. Yeah. I like that. So don't be afraid of vinegar. Vinegar. I, I think vinegar is becoming a little trendy. It could. As we were just talking about trends. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's so many types now, too. I there mean, is. It's not just for salad dressing. No, it's not. <laughs> it's yeah. not. I wonder if your friend that makes all the crazy ice cream has used vinegar in any ice cream. I'm sure he does. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting to. I, I bet he has balsamic. Oh. Some type of balsamic. Like ice a cream. Oh, I love. Yeah. I like balsamic. Do you? On um, ice cream. Oh yeah. With strawberries and mm -hmm. basil. There you mm. go. Yeah, I make a. Just marinate. I mean, it's kind of the same concept. Marinate some fresh berries with the white balsamic mm -hmm. and basil and put it on like angel food cake. Yeah, see? So. We go back to angel food yeah. cake. Yeah, oh my gosh. We're coming full circle, full circle today. Full, yeah. Angel food cake. That's and delicious. Like a little Greek yogurt, vanilla Greek yogurt instead of whipped cream. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just little things like that that, that you've learned a lot. In my more. head, I'm like, I think that's a little healthier. <laughs> yeah. So, I I think that's great. So you're doing yeah. you're doing kind of stuff with um, products in the retail environment. Yes. Do you and you cook with people? Yes, and then uh, caterings, in home caterings and dinners, uh, more like intimate settings, with five six courses. Nice. Uh, yeah, so those are always fun. Do wine pairings and uh, team up with other experts to get you know the right wine. And because again, I'm not a wine expert, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I know the basics of it, but I can't. We actually had a class, uh, a wine and spirits class, where we had to try all these wines and do blind tastings and tests, and that is hard. <laughs> is it hard? Yeah, I mean, yeah. really have respect for wine and beer experts. Well, I think that's a good point. Like experts in, like, I, I'm not a chef and I'm not an expert right. in food, but I would definitely use you as a resource and right. me as a nutrition resource and then like the wine expert. Absolutely. To make that whole group in that yes. encompassing. It just makes total sense to work together for an end solution. Tap product. into those resources. Yeah. yeah. Use those for sure. Do you like the creativity that you get in? The variety of Definitely. your of your job. Yeah, I mean, you have products available to you all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's 
just You're endless. Constantly doing different yeah. things, mm-hmm. testing things, uh, different um, sauces for you know different brands, or um, doing wine clubs or getting those types of groups of people together and having the wine and the food paired and a uh, lot of lot of different options. That sounds sounds like it's yeah. It's kind of like all your other jobs. Everything's right? different every day, which Absolutely. is good. And I think that when you're working with food, you need that variety. Mm-hmm. You know, just like us as dietitians, we need the variety with our clients and what we do and sure. to keep us wanting to keep working in our field. So. Right. And learning more and, you know, cause I mean, we're ultimately there to make life better for the other person mm-hmm. and ourselves. I mean, through doing that, you do it for yourself. And Absolutely. Your own Absolutely. So. so would you, as you know, if a dietitian is listening and they would like to tap into some culinary resources, mm-hmm. do you have any advice for someone or, you know, would they, you recommend a class or would you recommend any, like, like you did kind of finding someone that has an interest in food or sure. finding a chef and kind of spending some time with them? Yeah. If you can find like a mentorship or something, you know, exactly like you, like you said, to just reach out and have that connection and kind of talk about food, like what you like, what you like to cook. Um, cause you're going to gain something back. In return. Back and forth. Absolutely. I would say, yeah, I, I think that's your Because I, I guess as dietitians, we, you know, we're not culinary experts. Most sure. of us aren't. So I feel like I'm not a great cook. So I would definitely want to come to you um, if I was creating a healthy menu for someone. Sure. You know, I would tap into your expertise on how to put things together. And like you said, it's science-based on a lot of different things. And definitely. I think that's a good message that... I'm glad I know you if I ever need that. Right. So to make those connections with For another sure. chef. I mean, I get texts all the time from friends or whatever, you know, like I bought this. Uh, how do I cook <laughs> What do I do it? with it? Yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, I would say invest in a meat thermometer. Okay. So just an instant read or a digital meat thermometer will be your friend. Um, it still baffles me that people that don't have one, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my chicken is always dry. Well, what are you cooking it to? Well, I mean, I don't they know. They don't know. Done? <laughs> well, that done to you could be like 200 degrees, you know? Mm-hmm. And really, it just needs to be 165. So same with pork. Pork tenderloin, you know, 145 degrees. Changes the complete total flavor yes. of pork, I yeah. think. Yeah. Because so, it's so delicious. And, and, you know, there's people that dip it in ketchup because yeah, it's dry. It's like, <laughs> and it can be a little pink that. and it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. not going to... It's not what it used to be. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. So all of that has changed. So um, meat thermometer, and I would say I love a good microplane grater or okay. zester. Yeah. Just for adding your you Just know, to have citrus. Your, and, yeah. yeah. Citrus, uh, fresh nutmeg, cheese, ginger. hard cheese, ginger, garlic. Oh, yeah. If you don't like to cut garlic. I hate can, cutting garlic. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. So. That's a really good, yeah, that's a yeah. good tool. Chocolate. Oh, it's yeah. good for shavings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're very sharp. Be Are careful. they? Be careful. Yeah. yeah. Have you sc- scraped some oh, yeah. fingerprints can, off? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> I have a few battle scars. Do you? Yeah. I mean, but. It's all part of the job. Part of the game. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Any other tips for maybe an mm. a average home cook? Or and average? a good chef's knife. I mean, you can 
you know, there's like I have a chef's knife and a boning knife and a paring knife and this and that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really can use a chef's knife. It's your all utility vehicle, if you will. You can use it to bone out something if you have to. Or um, there's so many brands. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have one that you prefer? Oh man, like I have a global chef's knife. I also have a Wustoff. Um, I would just say invest. Either of those brands are s- super good. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of chefs or culinary experts will buy. They won't buy a set, like a block set, you know. They'll mm-hmm. just buy one, one or two. Like a paring knife, a chef's knife. You're good. Yeah. So I would say either of those are good. I mean, they are going to cost you a little bit more money, but they're going to last you. They're not going to rust. Don't put your knife in the dishwasher. Really? No. Why? It's not good for it. It's not? No, it'll dull it. Dull the blade? Yeah. Even Dulls though, can you blade. sharpen your blade? You can. Yeah. yeah. And you should, you know. Yeah. You need a steel uh, just so you can sharpen your blade. Those are dangerous. <laughs> Oh my God, you should see me sharpen a knife. It's Uh pretty entertaining. Nice. (laughs) But I have a steel. Yeah. I do. So, I mean, that's always good to have. But yeah, dishwasher is not good. Because if you, even if they have a wood handle, you know, a lot of times that can make it warp. Yeah, that's true. um, But it dulls the blade a little bit. And then sometimes it can rust. I mean, it's going from room temp to, I mean, some dishwashers get to 185 degrees. Yeah. So just wash it by hand, let it dry. Okay. And they're pretty easy to clean. They are. Yeah. It's not like it's an intricate. (laughs) (laughs) So like a pain you scrape on. Yeah. So. That's a good tip too. I never knew that. Mm -hmm. I won't put my knives in the dishwasher anymore. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) And it's hard for me because I'm such a nut on sanitation. Are you? I want it to get to 185 degrees or whatever, you know, kill the bacteria. Yes. Yes. That's some of the one, you know, now that I'm not in the kitchen anymore, I'm like, you know, you can cook chicken to 160 and let it rest, and it'll come up to 165. You know, mm-hmm. I'm such a freak about making sure it comes temperatures to and sanitation. You have to be. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, it's scary if you're not. Well, it's scary for your if you're cooking at home for yeah, your family. Absolutely. So thinking about cooking in a larger scale for yeah. people mm-hmm. in the public. I yeah. mean, we'd we'd put frozen chicken breast. My mom would when I was a kid on yes. the counter. Yes, we did too. <laughs> and I'm like, what is, you know, not, I, well, I didn't ask because mm-hmm. I was six, but, oh, that's for dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. You know, that's the norm. Was, that was the one. It was. That was, that is not the norm now. Yes. But, or it shouldn't be. Yes. Yeah. So we did just, the same thing. Yeah, I think a lot or of Or in the kitchen do. sink and then you'd wash your dishes in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's you a know, great idea. <laughs> yeah, like wash your poultry and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Don't rinse your poultry. You're going to make a worse, you know, th- that bacteria is going everywhere. Mm-hmm. So don't rinse your poultry. Don't rinse your poultry. No. It's another good tip. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that too. I think so. Yeah. It kind of freaks me out. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're kind of a germ phobe, huh? A little bit. A little bit? That's okay. Yeah. That's good though. I will definitely, yeah. if you ever own a restaurant or something, right? I will come eat at your restaurant. Yeah. When I was up in Duluth, you could eat off the floor. It was pretty, pretty, pretty spotless. <laughs> so. Um, well, I have some fun questions for okay. you. Now that we had all these serious questions, yes. I loved all your tips, though. So thank you for sharing. Oh, absolutely. What's your favorite food? Favorite food? Donuts. Donuts. <laughs> donuts are great. I love donuts. Oh, <laughs> Do you man. ever make donuts on your own? I have. Yeah. You know, I'm not an no. expert in donut making. You just rather go and grab a donut. Yep. Yeah. And you have a special bond with your son yes. and donuts. So, so that- Sundays, Sunday mornings, we go and we get, he likes donut holes, cherry donut holes. So we go <laughs> and we get a donut hole and uh, 
the owners that to our little shop that's down the street. I always give him give him one, and then we get a couple more. Aww. Yeah, so. What's your son's name too? His name is Finn. Finn. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's yeah. four. He'll be four in April. Four in April. Oh, crazy. <laughs> He loves to cook too. It's, See, I think that's great. Yeah, he always is pulling the chair into the kitchen, like to can be I, with you. Yeah, can I stir this? Can I, I mean, he's kind of reckless with the spoon. <laughs> so, and he has a little like play kitchen in Does our he? living room too. And just this morning when I was leaving, he's like, "I'm going to cut your chicken, and you want mushrooms?" <laughs> and you know, and oh he'll bring God, the spoon so over, cute. and he's like, "Try it." <laughs> The other day he was making cookies, you know, fake cookies. Sure. And he's like, be patient. They're baking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's he's, yeah, he's it's listening coming, to right? you. I know. It's coming back at he me. He is listening to you. Yeah. You're creating another little mm-hmm. culinary expert. No I love doubt. it. <laughs> What's yeah. your least favorite food? Least favorite food. Oh, man. That's tough. Nothing comes to my mind, but, I mean, I know I have... But you foods really I'm like. Ugh. Well, that's good though. It means that you really there's a lot of foods that you really like. Yeah. So you're adventurous. Least favorite. I'm not a huge seafood person. Just uh, I don't know. It's okay. Does yeah. it make it hard for you to cook that then? Uh, sometimes. For other people. Yeah. Just... Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can try and. I mean, I feel like I know what will taste. What it tastes like. Like, yeah, you know what okay it should taste like. okay or tastes good or it's, you know, it's fresh and whatever. It's just sure. not something I, like, sit down and I'll order a big piece like, of salmon. I am right there with you on that. <laughs> yeah. So, probably fish. Seafood. Mm-hmm, seafood. What's your favorite drink? Favorite drink? This is so boring, but we just talked about it yesterday with my wife. I'm obsessed with water. Just water, plain water. That's great. I'm a. That's what makes me a happy dietitian. I don't like <laughs> lemon in there, lime, fruit, whatever. No, no tea powders and <laughs> crap. I don't even need ice. Like I carry this jug around all the time. Water. We. I drank so much bottled water, um, just because. I guess I'm picky about it. Like, <laughs> How it I tastes. I don't like tap water. <laughs> no, um, I got a tankless water bubbler thing oh yeah and we put it in our kitchen so because we also try to be environmentally friendly sure so without tons of bottled water so now i've got that and i just fill it up and you love it yeah and it's just filtered through the city water Mm -hmm. but it's nice because i don't have a tank on it and it's great for finn too because we just put glasses up there for the on the top for him and he'll just come over grab and drink that's good because he's all about water and kefir obsessed with kefir oh he loves kefir yeah that's another dietitian happiness right there you have to limit it to one glass a day he'd drink the whole bottle (laughs) he would oh yeah blueberry he likes blueberry kefir look at all those good probiotics his little tummy gets right does he ever get sick very often uh (laughs) he used to when he was younger ear aches and all that kind of stuff Uh it's never stomach issues never tummy issues well hey maybe and maybe these probiotics will keep his little immune system happy for the winter for sure. What's your least favorite drink? Least favorite drink? Uh, tea. Not a tea person. Hot or cold. Yeah. Yeah, just not for me. It's like water with a little flavor. <laughs> See? <laughs> but you not don't enough like, flavor. You don't like flavored water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite smell? Favorite smell? I love the smell of coffee brewing. It, yeah. 
smells good. It does. Coffee brewing and popcorn popping. There's something oh, there about those two smells sure. that are, they smell way better than they, they taste, I think. Yeah. I love popcorn, but it's like that smell is just Yeah, popcorn's awesome. delicious. That can go up with the donuts. With the donuts. You like popcorn? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love popcorn. Uh, what's your least favorite smell? Um, <laughs> well, we have chickens in our backyard. So when it gets really hot out, they're coop. They're, it's dinky. It's a little stinky. <laughs> yeah. Do you have chickens? We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For you eggs can, or as pets or? Eggs. Eggs. Yeah. And my wife would say for pets too. <laughs> She's a big animal, animal lover. Aww. So, um, adopt dogs and. <laughs> have chickens. Now we have chickens. <laughs> And she would probably want a goat if we oh, I didn't think those live are in cute. town. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Someday maybe you'll live on a farm. And... Yeah, she would for real. She yeah. wants to like live off the land, and we have a little garden in her backyard. But Do you? It, it's not huge. Um, Do you like to garden? You know what? She grew up gardening. Uh, her dad always had a huge garden, and I was like, ugh. You know, I used to walk to school. I was city, city yeah. life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Town um, kid. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but last year was our first garden. It was fun. Yeah. So I'm like, I already know how we're going to change for this year. And, you know, I love fresh tomatoes. Oh my gosh. They're BLTs. so BLTs. Put peanut butter on your BLT. I've never tried that. Yep. Is that delicious? Oh yeah. <laughs> Instead of mayonnaise or what? Oh no. Mayonnaise? You have to oh, have, you have the ma- Yeah. Crunchy oh. peanut butter on one, mayonnaise on the other. Okay. Lettuce, tomato, bacon in the middle. Okay. Yeah. I'll try that too. Mm-hmm. I'll try all this stuff. Yeah, it's good. I'll report back. Okay, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. What brings you joy in your life? Uh, family. Family. For sure. Like, I get excited to go home at the end of the day. Like, my car ride home. I'm like, can't wait to hear about Finn's day. I can't mm-hmm. wait to hear about what Melissa accomplished. I mean, she's always doing something good. She's inspirational for you, too. For sure. Yeah. I mean, she's always pushing the her capacity on what she does. like Just with work and family oh, and damn. her ambition. Yeah. yeah she just she's really inspires in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's she's a good, that's good. She's a good lady. Yeah. yeah. See, now I'm going to. Oh, no, yeah. that's, that's awesome because yeah. that's, it makes you a better person just all the way around too. So For sure. that's what a spouse should be, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's good. Well, I am so glad you spent some time with me today. Well, thanks for and having me. This was me. a great conversation no, and I, I hope it. our listeners love it. And For sure. You have a good rest of the weekend. Yeah. Same to you. Thanks, Ed. I cannot express the value of knowing and working with a chef as a registered dietitian. Chef Andrew loves to cook at work, at home, and he is always so gracious to help educate me on how to put together great tasting food using healthier ingredients. It is one of the best partnerships and his food is absolutely delicious. Seek out those experts to elevate your practice. I want to thank Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn for sponsoring my guest with yummy snacks and samples. Healthy Pop is available in a variety of flavors and sizes, all of which that are low in fat and high on deliciousness. Did you know that just three cups of Jolly Time Popcorn equals one whole grain serving? It truly is the perfect snack. Jolly Time is family owned and located in Sioux City, Iowa. And if you want to learn more, visit jollytime.com 
where you can find more information and print high value money saving coupons on your next purchase. Snack smarter and snack happy with Jolly Time Popcorn. Please head on over to AnnaElizabethRD.com where my book, I'm Registered Dietitian Now What?, is available and you can find all the show notes and links to things that we talked about. Make sure to connect with me. Let me know what you think of the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at AnnaElizabethRD. And I remind you to always be great, find the joy in each day, and start a conversation that truly matters.